Thank you, Yoni. Today I'm speaking with Ian Stern, and he is involved in one of the most popular tourist attractions that we have here close to Jerusalem. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi, very good, Joanna. How are you doing? Good. So tell us a little bit about archaeological seminars. And to, to a lot of the listeners out there, they know you as Dig for a Day. So tell us a little bit about the background. How long ago did you get started in running Dig for a Day? We've been running our program for the last 32 years. I would say over a million people have gone through our gates and have been exposed to an archaeological experience that I think most people would uh, say is one of the most exciting things they've done in the country. Um, this came about because we were looking to see if we could bring archaeology to people and at the same time give them a fun educational experience that they could relate to and uh, help them even connect to the land of Israel. It's something I find very exciting when I, you can combine a tourist attraction with history and, and really getting people to understand the roots and the history behind what happened here in the land of Israel. And this is one of those activities that everybody asks for. It's on everyone's itinerary, and I understand why. Um, and is your background, an, are you an archaeologist by training? Um, yes, I have my doctorate from Bar Ilan University in archaeology. Um, our excavation is an excavation that's licensed by, like all licenses, like all excavations in Israel, by the Israel Antiquities Authority. Um, in order to get that license, we have to show a budget, and the people who are excavating with us are actually helping us because they're actually underwriting the excavation as well as doing the work. And then we're, of course, responsible for publishing our finds. If we do not do that, then we simply do not get a license the following year. And what are some of the most exciting things you've found or that some of your visitors have found? Um, first of all, all of the finds that we have out there have been found by people who are participating in this Dig for a Day program of ours. Um, I would say that we have, I would say what you might call instant gratification. And that instant gratification is based on the fact that we're excavating a site that is not what we might call technically uh, sensitive. It has no what we refer to in archaeological terms as cartography, and that allows people of all ages, without any prior archaeological background, to participate in the program. And what have we found? We find almost always we're finding pottery, pottery that dates back to more or less the time of Judah Maccabee or the first Hanukkah, approximately 22, 2300 years ago. The most, I would say, famous of our finds today in the Israel Museum is what we call the Heliodorus inscription which is an inscription that gives us background to what led up to the rebellion of the Maccabees. That's fascinating. And actual, there were people who were part of the dig who found these pieces? Were you there with them at the time? Um, yes. Yes. Basically, people participating with us, not all at once. We found actually three very large fragments that fit together that are part of this largest inscription ever to be found in Israel. And that was found by people participating in our program. In addition to that, we find incredible amounts of writing what we call ostracot, pottery with writing on it, in Greek, Aramaic, and in Hebrew. We found a marriage contract dated to 176 BCE written on pottery, and we're finding incredible amounts of what we call altars and all sorts of other types of items that I would say people, when they come away from the program, they are amazed that they were touching history. They were the first person in 2,200 years to come in contact with something, and that is a feeling that most people are amazed by, and it's something that they can't uh, get anyplace else. It's, it's something they take home with them. 
it's amazing. I know there are a few people out there who are the naysayers who say, is this real? You know, when you see a picture posted of a little 12-year-old boy holding up a piece of uh, pottery or a piece of jewelry that he found, and you say, you know, some, some will say, is it real? But you're there. You're there every day hands-on, so you know that it's real. Absolutely. This is a, probably a question we get every single day, and we actually anticipate it at this point. Um, the reason that we can excavate with people who have no experience is because there is no stratigraphy. There's no strata. There's no floor level. We are actually excavating the equivalent of an ancient garbage dump, which really explains, number one, why we get this instant gratification. There tends to be more material in the cave that we're digging. Number two, um, basically, um, we don't have to worry about people peeling away. People usually think of archaeology as using, let's say, a, a small brush and a tiny, tiny tool, and that is archaeology in some contexts. But in our context here, we do not have to worry about that, and that's why the program has been so successful. How many more years' worth of digging do you think exists in, in your location? I don't believe we'll ever finish. I mean, we may decide to stop. That's one thing. But we are talking about thousands of man-made caves, and they all date back to this 2,200-year-old period, and we haven't touched more than 10% of the material, and that's in 32 years. We're going to be publishing something this summer that will be a two-volume work, and that's going to cover 16 years of excavation in one particular cave. But again, I think what's exciting for people is when they come to us, they will also have the opportunity to participate in a real dig, but not only that, most digs are dry and in, certainly in the summertime or even in the springtime on a hot day, very difficult physically for people. Here our excavation is underground, which means in the summertime, you're actually excavating in an area that feels like it's been air conditioned. In the winter, even though it may be rainy, underground, it's dry and comfortable. Um, and this is one of the reasons why those caves were formed 2,200 years ago, but it makes our excavation um, very, very exciting. And with what you might call creature comforts. Oh, that's fabulous. That's great for families to know, because I know a lot of families like to come with kids of all ages, and they come at all different times of the year. Um, if there's one member of the family who gets a bit claustrophobic, is there a large area of the cave they can sit in? Most areas. I would say almost all areas that we're actually excavating in, certainly with family groups, are areas where you can stand comfortably. And almost, I don't know of anyone really who has a feeling of claustrophobia where we're actually digging. Um, we have lights inside the caves, so it's, it's bright. If people feel uncomfortable, we usually position them near the entrance to the cave so that they can feel more comfortable. Um, and, of course, the other parts of the excavation or the parts of the program where we're going and exploring caves, those, type, those areas sometimes people will stand out of or sit out of, but that's usually a small portion of the total program. Yeah, there's a part of the, the, the caving part of the activity at the end where there's an area, a very, very small area that you need to go through. Does that have a special name? I remember well, we when that, I was a kid. We call that spelunking. In other words, basically we actually explore a cave. And the reason we, we do that is, aside from it being a lot of fun, it gives people an opportunity to see what does a cave look like before we've excavated. It's impossible at the end of a three-hour experience or a two-and-a-half-hour experience to see what kind of an impact that particular group had on the room they were digging in. In order to give them that sense of accomplishment, if you will, or at least to see that they're part of a process, that they're one group and every day we have two or three groups digging, and at the end of maybe a week you'll see a difference. But to see that or to understand that is to go to a cave that's never been excavated, and then they conceptually can see 
what the cave they were digging in looked like when we first entered. That's great. And is there an age limit or an age minimum for people to join um, the program? No, there's not an age minimum, but I would say that children under five don't pay, number one, but they must be. You don't want to take children by themselves, number one. And number two, uh, if they're really younger kids, uh, two, three, four-year-olds, generally they may not go on the spelunk, which, again, as I said, is maybe about 15 minutes of the whole program. Okay, great. And we actually haven't even mentioned to the listeners yet where you're located. Do you want to tell us a bit about the national park that you're in? Sure. We're inside a national park, which is a World Heritage Site. It's called the National Park of Tel Marisha Beit Guvrin. It's about a 45 minutes to an hour drive outside of Jerusalem or Tel Aviv. We usually meet our groups right next to the site. There's a, let's say a gas station with a small let's say, restaurant there, and that's where we meet. And once we've met the different groups, we then ascend to the, to the actual site, which is about three minutes away. That's great. And I just let the listeners out there know that since you're going to be hearing this interview before Pesach, that Dig for a Day has sessions going on all throughout Pesach and Cholamoed and even on Erev Chag. So all you need to do is send an email to dig at funinjerusalem.com and Ian's wife Heidi will probably most likely be the one to respond and she will put you together in in groups um, to enjoy this exciting, I, I like to call it kind of a classic tourism activity for when you come to Israel. It's something that you have to do once, if not more than once, when you come with your kids. So thank you so much, Ian. It was great hearing the background behind this fabulous activity, and uh, I look forward to bringing my kids back again. All right, and thank you. Take care and have a nice day. Okay, and now back to you, Yoni.